right, what is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe of fight podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 304 of the show. Hope you guys are having an amazing week. On today's menu, we're going to go ahead and jump into talk everything. AJ McKee defeating Pitbull. We're going to talk with the rest of the card on Bellator 263. Sean Strickland defeats Uriah Hall in uh, UFC Vegas 33. We'll talk about major fight announcements, UFC 265 preview, and so much more in this, in this episode. Hope you guys have had a phenomenal week. I know we're a little later on doing this. We had a couple guests that we wanted to come on scheduling issues and stuff but hey it's, it's all good we're gonna get those people on uh, we have some special guests coming up in the next few weeks so i cannot wait to have you guys uh come on the show or to to know hear about those and stuff so we'll be talking about that really really soon and i can't wait to to have those guests come on the show for you guys it's gonna be huge all right uh let's go ahead and jump into it man because there's so much going on in the world of mma uh boxing as well but specifically mma that i want to get into today so uh wherever you guys are in the world hope you guys are enjoying yourselves uh i am currently in, in la where our basketball team is not fantastic thing i mean I, look i watch obviously fighting more than anything else but if i'm watching anything else that i really enjoy it's the nba and the fact that not only did the lakers get better that the Bulls, my home team, my Chicago Bulls got better. Uh, signed Lonzo, signed DeMar DeRozan, got Alex Caruso. Fam, I'm loving it. So uh, it, it, it's all good. Basketball, as a basketball fan, you know, the Lakers got mellow. Ah, it's, it's just dope, dope shit all around. So uh, I, I can't wait to talk about that and more. Also this week, which was super dope, was the versus battles. And I know we talk about the versus battles on here from time to time, but this weekend was special. It was super, super special. And that was uh, the locks versus Dipset. So look, I'm I'm an, I'm an, I was grew up in the '80s. I'm an '80s baby. I grew up obviously in the golden era of hip hop. So Dipset, the locks for me were two of my all time favorites. Now, I, what I will say about this is, for me. That was difficult because listening to everybody, you see Styles P and, and Jim Jones going back and forth on social media for the last few months. And then you saw the promos at Madison Square Garden. So this versus battle was at Madison Square Garden. Dude, watching it, the feeling in the building, okay? The feeling in Madison Square Garden, it felt old school. It felt like, like I was back in high school. It felt like it was one of those times that I wanted to be outside. And it was so so very dope to watch they went out there and put on an absolute show hip-hop won granted granted if anybody actually won it was the locks and jada kiss they absolutely just washed just washed uh jimmy and, and cameron and all those boys they didn't know what hit them i mean jada kiss has absolutely jumped into my top five of all time through these last couple of verses battles he's had because you just forget the verses and the songs and the classics and the Grammys that this man had. So salute to Jada Kiss, man. Salute to Styles P. Salute to all the boys in the locks. And salute to Dipset. Amazing performance by everybody. A lot of fun, man. So that's what I was doing this weekend. But also this weekend, we were watching Bellator 263. And we were watching the culmination of the end of the featherweight grand prix 
And we've been talking about the differences in MMA in terms of the talent level in all these these organizations. Bellator has done always a phenomenal job with these tournaments and the way they do it and really drum up a lot of interest. Not only have they drummed up a lot of interest with these, one thing that they really have done with these, these matchups is that they have built their own. They've really... But yeah, we all know they have like all the old guys, right? You got, you know, everybody when they get old, they come over to Bellator from the UFC or they go to PFL. But one thing that the Bellator, I would say, does better than the UFC is they have homegrown talent. And one of those homegrown pieces of talent is AJ McKee. AJ McKee, for a lot of people, was the dark horse in this tournament because in this tournament also was the best fighter in Bellator history. We are talking about Fieri Pitbull, okay? We're talking about um, Pitbull Fieri, should I say. He is a, an amazing, he was a champion. He's the current lightweight champion. He's beaten some of the best fighters in the world. He's he's run through, I mean, Michael Chandler at 55. Uh, the, the fights that he's had at 45 with some of the, the epic battles that he's had back and forth. The dude is just incredible. And he's truly the greatest fighter in Bellator history. So the fight between AJ McKeon and uh, Pitbull Fieri was very much so, is it the future, or should I say the past, versus the past and present versus the future, or is it the present versus, you know what I'm saying, the future? So what is it? What were we really, really looking at in this matchup? And dude, AJ McKee is not only the future in Bellator, he is the present. He went out there and within a minute and 57 seconds of round one, landed a beautiful left high kick to, to Pitbull's head, staggered him on, staggered him on the feet, runs up on him, lands a huge uppercut. Pitbull ends up dropping. AJ McKee throws his hands up thinking the fight's done. Pitbull still being the warrior that he is wasn't totally out. He stands up. AJ jumps him, throws on a big time guillotine, and puts Pitbull to sleep. There wasn't a lot of shit talk or, you know, um, reservations on the side of Pitbull and his team. But at the, so he goes out there, AJ McKee goes out there, dominates, gets a huge win uh, and, and salute to him. So he gets this technical sub, a guillotine of Pitbull Fieri. And now let me read this for you guys. And this is who, honestly, AJ McKee has beaten in his career because the question is this now. Is AJ McKee the best, not only featherweight in the world, but is he also the greatest of all time in Bellator history? I'm not going to give him quite that, even though he's also, look at this, he's beaten Pitbull, who he just defeated in a minute and a half. He finished Darian Caldwell, former featherweight champion. He beat Derek Campos, super beast, monster. Georgie and Pat Curran. Pat Curran is another former Bellator champion. This guy is going out there and destroying these people and finished them, not just in like long, drawn-out fights. He is destroying them. So it really brings out a question is, can AJ McKee be the best fighter and the best featherweight in the world? And with that being said, this is what he actually had to say about it. I've pretty much been saying it, you know. Now people are seeing it. People are believing it. I am the best 145-pounder in the world. Whether talk that it's talk. FC, one FC, PFL. I don't care who it is. I got a million, you don't care. million dollars cash in my bank. I'm willing to put that up against anybody else. You know, I'm sure Showtime, Bellator, they'll match it. Let's do some super fights. Let's get some big stuff going. Let's change this sport. Like I've been saying, we can do it. Unify these belts. 
Who would you say would be the biggest challenge for you? Matt, Ooh, Max Holloway, idea. Brian Ortega, or Alex Volkanovsky? I would say Max Holloway. That's just, Ooh, that was always fight. my favorite, favorite fight. fight as a kid. You know, I've watched him just pick apart people. But at the end of the day, like I said, I'm the best 145 pounder in the world. The world. I don't care who it is. I'm a show. He don't show care out. who it is. I love it, man. I love it. I love that energy. I love the confidence. That is a man who understands how good he is. He is well coached. And here's the thing that I have to say about AJ McKee. He is good everywhere. There's not a single place where he's not good. He goes out there and absolutely dominates. What do you think? You What, what do you want him to do? Do you want him to outstrike you and knock you out? He did that against the biggest striker in all of uh, Bellator. Do you want him to submit you and be on the ground? He submitted one of the greatest grapplers in Bellator history off of his back in Darian Caldwell. The dude is an absolute monster. So here's the question. Can he actually beat Volkanovski Max Holloway? I don't know. I think he really is a terrible matchup for Alexander Volkanovsky because of his sheer size and length. Volkanovsky is a dog, and I'm not taking anything away from him, but I do believe that it is a bad stylistic matchup, and that is why I will give AJ McKee the edge on him and honestly everybody in the UFC, aside from probably a Max Holloway, because Max's length, I think stylistically it's a much better matchup. But at this point in time, I'll be honest with you, it is hard for me not to say that AJ McKee is the best featherweight in the world. I'm going to say one more time for you guys. I believe that AJ McKee is the best featherweight in the world. So it really brings the question. My next one is AJ McKee's performance and the way he is run through 145 pounds featherweight for, for Bellator. Is it as impressive or more impressive than what Conor McGregor did in 2015 at featherweight? Let's go ahead and look at the, look at the, the, the comparisons of who we ran through. Conor McGregor in 2015, leading up to it, beat Max Holloway, um, Diego Brandau, Dustin Poirier, Dennis Seaver, Chad Mendez, Jose Aldo. Okay, that is a murderer's row of people. And that's why Conor McGregor is, was and is as big as he is. He did it when he was coming up. He was defeating everybody. Now, did he catch some of those people like Max Holloway, like Dustin Poirier before they hit their prime? Yes. But does that take anything away from what he did in the sport? Absolutely not. Now, look at it on the other hand. We have, you know, um, Agent McKee, Pitbull, Darian Caldwell, Derek Campos. Those three fights leading up to the, the, the winning the title it is extremely, extremely, extremely similar. I would say, look, Jose Aldo was known as the greatest featherweight of all time. Pitbull is known as Bellator's greatest featherweight of all time. Before that, Darian Caldwell, former champion, a guy who is known to be one of the best in the world. Chad Mendes for Conor McGregor, known to be one of the best guys in the world for that interim title. Dennis Seaver, a tough fucking journeyman. Derek Campos, a tough fucking journeyman. So when you look at it, their resumes really mirror each other at that point in time. But if they fought each other in prime for prime, I will absolutely go with Derek with uh, AJ McKee. And the reason I say that is this. AJ McKee is good everywhere. He has no holes in his game. He can grapple you. He can grapple from the top. He can grapple from the bottom. He can outstrike you. He can outthink you. He is an overall better fighter than Conor McGregor ever was. And I will stand on that statement. So yes, AJ McKee is better and can and absolutely should be. Again, can and absolutely should be 
the next major superstar in MMA. Salute to AJ McKee for what he did. Amazing performance. The rest of the Belt of three card uh, was, was entertaining. It was definitely better than the UFC Vegas 33. You had um, great performances. You had Usman Nurmagomedov going out there and proving that at the end of the day, he is absolutely going to be a champion at uh, at 155 pounds eventually. Also, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov is the best coach in MMA right now. This dude goes out there in Bellator, and I know you guys saw him rocking the Bellator swag. He had the shirt on. He was looking super diesel in the back. Three of us fighters won. He is still in 2021. Um, Khabib Nurmagomedov is undefeated as a coach. So also, he had a great convo, great interview on uh, Hot Boxing, Mike Tyson's podcast. You guys should check that out to get a chance. But it's good to hear him kind of candid about a lot of things that we thought about. All right, uh, let's move right along. Uh, UFC Vegas 33, uh, Uriah Hall takes a bad loss to Sean Strickland. Uh, Uriah Hall was on a four-fight winning streak. It was snapped. Look, he was dominated everywhere. It looked like he might have broken his orbital bone, but he, he didn't seem as if he can get out of first gear. Sean Strickland was dominating him with a jab, was in his face. When he took him down, he controlled him. Great performance by Sean Strickland. Now, and we'll talk about this later on the show, his post-fight antics were a little shitty. I'm not going to stunt. He was talking about beating off and killing people, all kinds of wild shit. But at the end of the day, he's a hell of a fighter. And now he has an amazing opportunity coming up. And we'll talk about the fight that he has signed coming up very soon. Also, the person who, in my opinion, stole the show, stole this fucking show in Vegas 33. And honestly, if it wasn't for Agent McKeach, probably would have stole the show the weekend was Cheyenne Byes. Cheyenne Byes, we probably know her because she won all the contender series, her and her husband. Both got into the UFC at the exact same time. She has such a unique story. She is such a badass. And she goes out there and gets a violent, violent win um, against her Depola in her uh, in her fight. She ended up getting the performance bonus to 50K to win it. And then afterwards, a lot of questions were brought up because of fighter pay. And she had this to say post-fight. And man, the story almost breaks your heart. So here, take a listen to what she had to say post-winning that $50,000 bonus and winning this fight in just a vicious fashion. Because we talk to fighters every week, we, we sometimes forget how much a difference that 50 grand can make to your life. How, how, what impact is that going to have on you? I am negative in my account right now, so it's going to make a big difference. And my whole paycheck actually is I have to pay back $15,000 for a loan I got um, from a few people. So, you know, I made 10 and 10 for my win and my win and show. So that 20,000 was just gone. So, and I was okay Jesus. with it. I was okay if I won and that check was gone. Cause I made the, I made the move out here and I knew that this fight was just going to be for the move, but it was the best decision me and my husband made for our careers. And just to get that bonus, <laughs> Mm. I've been so broke my whole life because of this sport, but it's so worth it to me because I love this sport. But to get a $50,000 paycheck, you know, my husband's going to tell me to put it away. I'm definitely going to want to buy some nice stuff. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, you buy some nice I, shit. Like, I like to buy a little bit of things for the house and for my animals. I really like to spoil my family. But, you know, this week I'm definitely taking my team to go get a nice dinner. So, um it's gonna it, it's life changing for sure, but I just you know gotta put the money away and just go out there and fight again. Man, 
salute to, to Cheyenne Bays, man. Also to her husband, the entire team at Extreme Couture, Eric Nixon, friend of the show. Um, just phenomenal performance. It was one of the most violent finishes that you'll ever see. And it, it was uh, she was on um on the main card. There was the co-main event. Now it does bring up some concerns. The fact that she was a co-main event, and yes, there was plenty, plenty, plenty of of people dropping out, missing weight, all kinds of stuff went on this card. She wasn't supposed to be the coma. The fact that they're on ESPN, the fact that she still didn't have, she was only making 10 and 10. So what that means is 10,000 to fight, 10,000 to win. She had, she was already $15,000 in debt. And we're not even talking about all the people that she had to pay in order to go ahead and do this. I don't know what the answer is, but something needs to be done. The fact that the UFC and the numbers are out there are only giving the, the fighters 16% of the revenue. The fact that the Venom deal, they're actually making less on the Venom deal than they were making on the Reebok deal. It, it just proves to me that something needs to be done. It's sad to see. You want to see these athletes get paid at a higher clip. But unfortunately, at this point in time, it's not happening until something gets done. I don't know what's going on with the Ali Act. I don't know what's going on with the, the the runs with the different unis and stuff. But hopefully something gets done very soon because we don't want to. We, I love this sport. And all of us listening to, I'm sure, really love and enjoy the sport. Nothing changes for these individuals if we don't get the, they don't get some kind of representation in unions. It hurts my heart to say this, but um, I hate to see these fighters only making two grand, 10 grand, five grand. It sucks. I want to see these people get paid because they are putting their lives on the line. Salute to Cheyenne Bays, her entire team. What a fucking performance. All right. Um, everybody listening to the show right now, everywhere, podcast, I appreciate you guys. Everybody watching live on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch. I appreciate you guys. Uh, a lot more going on this week, man. We want to make sure we get to on the show today. All right, let let's do this. Before we let, let's let's talk about UFC two sixty. Actually, you know what? Let me talk about some fight news and so and some. Um, we'll talk about some fighter news as well as some uh, fight announcements. So big fight announcements coming up. We have talked about Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland has just signed to fight a UFC 268. That card is absolutely stacked. UFC 268. We have Luke Rockhold is making his long way to return. He has not fought since 2019 when he lost against the champion right now at 205 and Jan Blachowicz. Luke Rockhold is making his way back to fight against Sean Strickland. Okay. This fight is going to be phenomenal. It should be fireworks. If we get vintage Luke Rockhold. This fight specifically is going to be extremely entertaining and it's really interesting. Can't wait to see that. Now, we talked about Sean Strickland and Sean Strickland had went out there. Obviously, he said some disparaging things about Luke Rockhold. We really don't care. That's what people fighters do. But he also made a bunch of comments leading out after post-fight after beating Uriah Hall, talking about he needs to beat off or masturbate three times, two to three times a day in order not to hurt people and, you know, just a lot of shit, right? He, he's also somebody who said he was, he was, he's, he was racist, absolutely racist at one point in time against black folks in his life, but he's no longer racist or some shit. And, and then he also, to do the icing on the cake, he says that he wants to kill somebody in the ring. Look, this is a sport. 
So the 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 people saying that they're going to kill people is just totally asinine. I can't stand it. It's ridiculous to say those type of things. And I think we need to get away. And granted, we're going to have people like this in a sport, and that's totally fine. You have the wild cards. You have the the crazy people. You have those. And people really enjoy those wild card personalities. But there has to be. Man, UFC PR team, somebody got to do some shit, right? We, we can't just say they have these people going out there saying it because it makes the sport look bad. It makes the sport look bad, and it should never be anybody's goal to get Don't even say that as a joke. It's not, it's not, a, it's not cool to, to want to kill somebody. We're already in a violent enough sport to sit there and say, I want to kill somebody. I, I killed um, Deontay Wilder, and we had to say the same thing. I think it's ridiculous. Why would you say that? Why would you even fix your lips to sit there and say you want to kill somebody in the ring? These people have families. These people, they're, they're playing a sport to provide and to give their people hopefully generational wealth at some capacity. And what you want to go out there and do is take it away from them, take that away from their family because it, it gets you off. That shit's weak. It's super weak. I, I hope he he didn't mean that. And all the fighters that do say that, re, readjust, reassess. Because if that's the case, we don't want you in this sport either. It is what it is. All right. Also, big uh, fights that are, have been announced. Rafael Dos Anjos, RDA, is fighting against Islam Makachev, a fight that we have all wanted. That fight happens at UFC 267. That fight's going to be phenomenal. Also, we have Costas. Paulo Costa is coming back. He's fighting Marvin Vittori, a fight that we wanted. That's going to happen October 23rd. Cody Garbrandt uh, versus Kai Car France at 125 is in discussions right now, which would be an amazing fight. Car Car France from City Kickboxing, New Zealand. Tough fucking dude. Big power. It would be an amazing and technical fight between him and Cody Garbrandt. I love that matchup. And last, but certainly not least, Joanne Calderwood versus Alexa Grasso. Two fighters that I absolutely love. Don't want to see either of them lose, but we'll see what is happening and which one of those two move forward. Uh, also, big news. We have Chad Money Mendez. Chad Mendez cites a multi-fight deal. Chad Mendez, the former um, title contender, title challenger at featherweight in the UFC, Team Alpha Male Protege. He was at the Joe Rogan Experience yesterday. He had a show that be Wednesday, the whatever, 4th of August or whatever. He's said that he wants to go out that he is actually competing in bare knuckle fc he is out of retirement so that's gonna be interesting whoever's gonna be the first one to fight him i feel bad for you because that little dude can crack all right uh that is the fight news for the week little fight announcements and stuff and let me jump into this so we can get out of here real quick for you guys thank you all for joining us today and watching live the fight podcast um this weekend we have a big card we have ufc 265 uh we have for the interim title in houston we have houston's own Derek luce the number two heavyweight in the world fighting the number three heavyweight in the world cyril Gant. um this is going to be a really interesting fight gagne is a nine and no 13 and 0 in kickboxing and 9 and 0 in, in uh, or shall I say, yeah, 9 and 0 MMA. MMA, three knockouts, three submissions. This dude is an absolute killer. Also on this card, we have Jose Aldo facing Pedro Munoz. We have Michael Chiesa fighting Vicente Luque in a, in a, a, a welterweight showdown that honestly has title implications we have tisha torres first facing angela hill which has 115 pound title implications as well as song yadong versus casey kenny at featherweight 
great card, a lot of fun. I cannot wait for this one. And honestly, if you're in Europe, I think this motherfucker's free for you guys. So enjoy that. Uh, who do I think is going to win this fight? Look, man, I love Derek Lewis. I think Derek Lewis has big power. And if you're a betting man, put your money on Derek Lewis. He's the underdog. I understand putting the money on him, even though he's a higher ranked guy. I think Cyril Gang is going to win. I think he is just too well-rounded. And unless he gets caught with a shot, I, I see him winning this fight in unanimous decision. I see him going out there and just peppering them, staying away from them, using his athleticism and speed. This kid is absolutely phenomenal. I love um, watching Cyril Gang. But I guess my in, in my hopes, I hope Derek Lewis pulls it off. Either way, it should be a phenomenal matchup. Jose Aldo versus Pedro Muñoz should be a great fight, man. Um, the other fight that I want to talk about really quick is Michael Chiesa versus Vicente Luque. Michael Chiesa is a guy number five versus number six. Um, Michael Chiesa, I've always said, is a dark horse at welterweight. And a win from both of these guys, I think, possibly, possibly, leapfrogs them in order for them to end up fighting for the title over even a Leon Edwards depending on how it wins, but I would say I think Michael Chiesa ends up getting it done. Tough dude. I think he's big for the weight class. I don't know how the hell he made 155. He is an absolute savage. Love Michael Chiesa. Love me and Santa Luque, but I have seen that happening. Uh, I see Michael Chiesa winning that one, and then I'm also going with the number 12, Angela Hill to win as well. All right. Uh, with that being said, guys, that is about all the time we have today. I want to get you guys some, let keep you up on the news, make sure we're not missing any episodes for you guys. We have some great stuff coming up, great interviews upcoming. I can't wait to share, share that with you guys. But remember, if you're watching live, listen to five podcasts, everywhere podcasting is available. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. I'm your host, Sergio Vicente. Check us out everywhere podcasting is available. Check me out at Sergio Vicente at the Fight Podcast. Love you guys. We'll talk to you next time right here on The Fight Podcast. Mm -hmm.